we've got to learn that sometimes in the words of Marshall Goldsmith's great book what got you here what got you there we could be great at advocacy but then uh, that later on that doesn't get you any further you've got to swap to being much better at listening and inquiring and sense making without telling welcome to the connected leadership podcast hosted by Andy Lapata the show where Andy and his guests explore the many ways in which relationships impact business decisions, make leaders' jobs easier, and help you to progress your career. Hello and welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast. My name is Andy Lapata. Thank you very much for joining me. This week I've been joined by Zena Everett, an executive coach who has written a book all about resolving our issues with time and managing it effectively called the crazy busy cure and on monday we talked about how we could manage our time best when it comes to finding the time to build relationships uh, alongside everything else that we need to do as part of our day job today as is normal we have a shorter episode where i asked Zena about how relationships have had an impact on her career and also for some resources that that she's found helpful and you may do as well. We'll come to that at the end, but I started off, as usual, by asking Zena where relationships have had a positive impact on her career to date. Well, I think my career, probably like yours, has been entirely built on professional relationships. So I've I've all the opportunities that have come my way have come on have come from my network. And, you know, we know networking theory. It's not always your closest people in your network that the opportunities come from. It's your it's your weaker ties. Um, And I guess feedback is a big part of our of a coach's job. And I was preparing for this question and I thought, actually, some of the biggest pivotal points in my career. Is that the right word? Pivotal? That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, have come when actually I've had some really tough feedback from people that I've trusted and respected and we're kind of you know we're in a safe place and contracted to give feedback but um, a couple of times people have said stop that like it's it's not doing any favors so there's a bit of um I appreciate this isn't a psychiatrist chair but um I did my master's with um uh, Dr. Claire Laurent, who's founder of Shrink Technologies. And she said to me, I haven't done an undergraduate degree and I, did, I managed to talk my way onto a master's in organizational behavior. And um, um, and I kept kind of saying, oh, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I'm not very academic. And she just said once to me, oh, look, just stop it. You're on the course. You're not failing. So just stop it. And um, I, that was really helpful, actually. So sometimes, you know, somebody who you feel completely safe with and you have that relationship who can say who can give you some very direct feedback is super useful and that's the opposite of what I do for a living because we don't although we challenge you know the idea is the coach is obviously the person with the problem has got the solution so you might guide them there and you might sort of push the nose in the trough and make them drink until they see it but it sometimes I thought actually some tough feedback has been amazing I think that's such an important point. Uh, It's the honesty. And you talked about the trust is there and they're contracted to do that. It doesn't always have to be the case that they're contracted, does it? It, it, I think if you have a strong enough relationship, the contract can be as simple as, would you like if I gave you some honest feedback or or the right question to tee it up and get their buy-in? Yeah, well, I guess... 
you have to feel completely safe for the intention behind the words. And what we don't want is to give people feeling carte blanche to go off and give what they think is harsh feedback yeah. when they it's not been requested and it's not a safe space to do that. So I think people struggle a little bit to give um, feedback appropriately or to, you know, so, so yes, you're dead right, but let's just hold off before we all go off and say, <laughs> my mother used to say to people in supermarkets who look miserable, do you enjoy your job? <laughs> no, I think it's about, there's an established relationship there already. There's trust yeah. in place, um, but you, you should always get the buy-in. And what I would always do uh, as well as check in with them afterwards, not the moment afterwards, but uh, a, a few hours or a couple of days later and say, I hope that was okay. Uh, and, and how have you processed it? But yeah, you're absolutely right. We should tread carefully when we do that. But it's um, it's potentially the biggest gift we can give people. And you really do test the, the strength of your relationship by the way people take that as well. Um, uh, okay, but it can go wrong. And you can offer some feedback and it might not be taken in the spirit in which it's intended. And as regular listeners will know, this is where I lead into my second question, which is where have relationships gone wrong for you? And what have you learned from the experience? Well, ironically, I'm a coach. And coaching, as you know, is about asking great questions and listening to the answers. And that's and getting that balance between advocacy which is when you come from sales is what's in our dna selling a solution which is shooting your mouth off and inquiring which i've had to learn to do as a coach and i think when relationships have gone wrong and i don't think there's professional relationships that have got wrong but please do dm me if you can remind me of where my relationship with you has gone wrong in the past but I think personally, I, sometimes I've been a bit too opinionated. So that's almost the converse of what we said. But I think a lot of times people, oh, well, we know this. I can't believe I'm, you've just got me to admit that as a coach, my problem has sometimes been that I don't always listen well enough. But I think we could probably all do with, with beefing up in that area. But I think sometimes I've given advice to people that I haven't been coaching, you know, they're friends. And I haven't been coaching them. And I've just sort of said that what you should do is thing, which is just a big no-no and kind of pointed at them. So hopefully not that quite that bad, but I'm kind of conscious of that's my, you know, that's my tendency. And that's about boundaries, isn't it? Really, you know, when we're nice people, sometimes you want to fix people and make things better. And, um, and that's part of relationship building is thinking, actually, is this what they need from me? Or actually, do they just want someone to listen. And that, again, is something, you know, Monday, I mentioned this a few times, it's something I've, I've talked about in the podcast before. Uh, I, I think that's one of my biggest areas and has been in the past, being a fixer by nature and wanting to help and yeah. wanting to support people. And, and often, it, not often, but more often than I would like, it's not necessarily been, as you say, uh, well, put it politely, it's not been what they've wanted. Um <laughs> uh, to put it bluntly, it's not been welcomed. Uh, and I think you have to, as you say, just take a breath, take a pause, listen, understand, and then put yourself in their shoes and, and offer what they're looking for. But Andy, what I think I've picked up is that at work, not in a coaching relationship, but in a normal kind of business relationship, I think the job of a leader sometimes is to kind of grease the wheel. So they can say, right, you've got that problem. You need to go and talk to Andy. 
because he's he's your guy and he knows how to get around it. So don't waste time. Go straight to Andy. He'll deal with it. So sometimes you want somebody to give you advice in a work context. I think in a personal relationship or, a, you know, my kids are driving me mad, my partner's driving me mad, whatever it is, you don't want advice, do you? You just want someone to listen. So I think when sometimes it's a work, yeah, anyway, we've kind of, we've said it, haven't we? We've got to, we've got to learn that sometimes, in the words of Marshall Goldsmith's great book, what got you here won't get you there, we could be great at advocacy, but then that later on, that doesn't get you any further. You've got to swap to being much better at listening and inquiring and sense-making without telling. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great distinction between work and, and, and personal relationships as well, because very often different things are needed, different things are expected in, in those different environments. So the final question, and I know you've, you've got some, some really interesting ideas around this. Uh, I always ask uh, people for the books and the podcasts, the talks that have really inspired them either recently or on their journey. So what have you picked, uh, picked out for us? Well, this is this is hard, actually. It felt like going on Desert Island Dis in a way, having to pick your favourite books because I'm a real reader. Um, and I thought, God, there's all the obvious ones. Million Dollar Consulting, anybody who wants to work for themselves. Alan Weiss, uh, oldie but goldie. What got you here? Love that. Steve Peters, you know, all the usual ones. Um, but a book that I've recommended many times is Melanie Beattie's um, codependent no more. So to your beautiful segue there, <laughs> we're, we're slick, aren't we? <laughs> About sometimes we just want to fix things. And so we, we talked about boundaries in the other podcast about actually thinking, you know, what am I responsible for? Where does it start and stop? As we get busier, we can't, we can't go down a level and do things for other people. We can't do other people's work for them. And actually, we can't fix their feelings. So what Melanie Beatty says, instead of asking, what can I do for you? Which is instinctive, isn't it? What can I do for you? But as Dory Clark said, anyway, that's really annoying because you're making me do the work to figure it out. The question is, what do you need from me? Because then they are still owning the problem. So she talks about not being codependent anymore. So codependence, try and fix things for other people. Whereas, so, so that is just so such a small shift, actually. It's so subtle, but it's really lovely. Try it. So, so instead of saying to somebody, oh, what can I do? That means, you know, and they say, oh, that's great, actually. If you just would like to finish this report, that'd be brilliant. Thanks a lot. See you. And there's a drink in it for you. <laughs> If you say, what do you need from me? You're just saying, you know, what can I do within my professional capacity and within what's appropriate, but you still own the problem. So, so I love that book and I, I really like practical insights that I can pass on. So I really like that. And while on the subject, um, I trained with uh, Professor Stephen Palmer and he prefaces problems with, it would be really nice if... And I have found this personally super helpful when I started out as a speaker and, you know, your knees are knocking. And he'd say, it would be really nice if everybody in the audience thought you were wonderful, Zena, but it's highly unlikely. So why don't you just go out there, have fun, do your best, and hopefully most of them will like you. But, you know, 
So, so that it would be really nice if I found super helpful. You know, it'd be really nice if I get promoted this year, but I might not. But, you know, if I don't actually try really hard this quarter, we'll never find out, will we? So it's a way of acknowledging your feelings and your vulnerabilities, but then it allows you organically to take some action and move forwards. So there are two, um, there are two books and pieces of advice from, that I found super helpful. And which was the second book? Because I think you mentioned the author, but not um, the book. Stephen Palmer, Professor Stephen Palmer is uh, head of Centre for Coaching and he's written a load of books on resilience, too many to mention. <laughs> so he writes about work stress and resilience. He does a, a form of cognitive behavioural coaching. And you, you mentioned briefly Steve Peters. I'm assuming you're, you're referencing The Chimp Paradox. Yes. Uh, with that, which is a brilliant, uh, absolutely fantastic book. Uh, it was interesting, this um, what do you need from me nudge, if you like. And you you, you mentioned Dory Clark's comments about um, when you say, um, how can I help you? You're getting the other person to do all of the work. And actually, after that episode, um, I, I said to Dory, I will help you with your new book by doing this. And it was me providing the specifics about how I was willing and able to help rather yes. than throwing the generic question at Dory, who's who doesn't know me well enough. You know, we've spoken on a few occasions and she's, you know, she's pr promoted one of my books. She's written an endorsement for another. So she knows me, she knows my work to a degree, but not that well. Um, so for me to actually say, actually, I've got a newsletter that goes out every three weeks. I will send me a copy and I'll, I'll, I'll put it into the newsletter on publication week was uh, much easier for her. So I think, yeah. That, right. that that shift um, to take the work away was a really important point that she made that you've reinforced there as well. Uh, so thank you very much, uh, Zena. It's been a real pleasure to have you on and uh, really appreciate all of your insights on Monday into how we can build relationships even when we're crazy busy and uh, also today the insights into your own journey. And, and you know, rather than just naming names, uh, at, at each stage, you've, you've given us some real takeaway lessons, which I appreciate. So thank you very much. Anytime. Thank you very much again to Zena for joining me. I, I really appreciated her time as well as her insights. And I think there was a lot to take from that episode. Pivotal points was definitely the right phrase. And, and I think that point about the power of strong, honest feedback uh, that can really make a difference. We have to be open to it. But that trusted relationship is key. And if we are going to offer it, we should uh, do so both with a generosity of spirit, but also with an understanding that not everyone is in the right place to receive it. So be very careful around that. And if it is offered to us, uh, take it in the spirit in which it's intended. It is up to you what you do with the feedback people give to you, of course. Uh, but I hope you found that helpful and interesting. Uh, there have been some great interviews this month, some, some guests that I'm really proud to have. So if you haven't caught up with every episode this month, please do listen back and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any further editions of the Connected Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Connected Leadership Podcast. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, tell your colleagues and friends, share on social media, and post a review on the podcast channel you use to listen to it. And of course, join us again soon for another interesting interview and great connected leadership tips.